If you're a regular at Four Oaks, you know we've been walking through the book of Genesis. We'll be back in that book next week. But today I want to look at a short passage that Peter writes about that actually took place thousands of years before that, uh, an event in Genesis, in fact, that we have studied pretty recently, and of course, that is the flood. And what's interesting about this little passage is that Peter compares, makes the analogy that, that one of the signature events in all of human history, that the flood covered the face of the earth and destroyed everything on the earth except for eight people in an ark, that that was really given to us to be a picture of baptism. And so I'm going to read these five verses for us, and we're just going to spend a couple of minutes here as we continue to to celebrate um, baptisms in the life of of our church family. So 1 Peter 3, beginning in verse 18, it says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison because they formerly did not obey. When God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight persons were brought safely through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. Not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. If you recall back in Genesis 6, um, God told Noah, "I've I've got a home improvement project for you. And this is going to take 120 years. And so husbands, buckle up, right? Okay, okay, get your game face on. 120-year home improvement project. God said, I want you to build an ark, Noah. And you and your family are going to go into it, two of every living thing, because I am going to destroy everything on the face of the earth. I'm I'm going to wipe it out. I'm going to start clean. And we know Peter also mentions to us later in one of his letters that Noah was doing more, though, than just building an ark. Apparently, he had time, I guess, on his lunch break or uh, when he was done in the evening or what have you to, in fact, preach the gospel. In fact, Peter tells us that Noah was a herald of righteousness, which meant that as he was preparing and building this ark by day, he was telling anyone who would listen to repent, to turn, to change, that that God, in fact, was going to wipe out all of humanity, but that he would save them if only, if only they would turn their hearts back to him. Now, now, Peter says something very interesting about what happens next. Look in verse 20. It says that in regards to Noah and his family, God brought them safely through water, which corresponds to baptism. Now that, that's an interesting phrase. And, and what Peter seems to be saying is this. And this is super important for us to understand in terms of what we are doing up here this morning. Peter said, just as water came to wipe off the face of the earth, to, to cleanse the earth, to wipe away sin, baptism is a symbol and a sign of 
that same process that happens when not water, but the blood of Jesus comes and wipes away our sin. Just as the waters of judgment wiped away sin, now the waters of baptism wipe away our sin, make our hearts clean. Now, one of the things that should get our attention when we read a passage like that is to say, well, Pastor Paul, that, that, sounds, that sounds a little off. You're, you're telling me the waters of baptism wash my wash my, my heart clean. I thought you've always told us that this is, there's nothing magical about those waters, and that is true. Now, you probably wouldn't want to take a bath in it later or even drink it, right? But not, nothing magical there happening. We don't think that, that, that water washes our hearts clean. In fact, Peter seems really intent on making sure that we understand this correctly. Go, look at verse 21. He says, baptism, which corresponds to this, or in other words, is like this, okay, now saves you. And just as a reminder, okay, just as a reminder that, that we're saved not by going into a tub of water, but in fact we are, we are saved by the blood of Jesus, Peter reminds us, now, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience. Peter's like, no, 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 you don't, don't misunderstand here. What we are doing is a, here is, is celebrating a picture. This is a picture of what happens when people say, God, life is no longer working for me. I'm a broken, I'm a sinful person. It's, I'm, I make a mess of my life. I, I don't do what I want to do. I do what I don't want to do. God, I need you to, to make me new. I need you to restore my heart clean. Jesus, God does that through his son, Jesus Christ, who it says here was the, was, was the godly given for the ungodly. And then baptism is just a picture of that. It's a, it's a beautiful picture that, that we're given, that as we are buried with him in his death, we are raised with him to walk in newness of life. And so when it says that baptism is an appeal to God for clear conscience. Let, let's remember what, what, what is happening here. That, people, that when, when these baptismal candidates are coming forward and they're saying, I want to be baptized because I love Jesus. I follow Jesus. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Savior. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look back to this time to remember that I made a public profession in front of God's family. I said, today, I am going to walk with Jesus. He is going to be Lord of my life. This is so much more, don't you see, than a ceremonial photo op. Although relatives, get those cameras ready, right? Okay, crank them up. That's good. Post it on Facebook, hashtag 4 You get the whole thing, right? But that's fundamentally not what this is about. This is about saying publicly, I declare my allegiance. Publicly, I am making a covenant with God in front of his people. I'm pleading with God that he would make my heart clean, my conscience clean. And, and make no mistake, guys, this idea of a clear conscience, what an amazing gift. What an amazing gift that you can sit here this morning. If you know Jesus Christ, your conscience is clear. That doesn't mean that you don't feel guilt. Or that you don't struggle mightily or sin catastrophically. That's not what he means. 
What he means is that when we do, our consciences, our hearts are sprinkled clean with the blood of Jesus Christ. So now we can say, there is no condemnation for me in Christ Jesus. No one can bring a charge against me. Not because I am righteous. In fact, we see Peter here remind us we are unrighteous. But he says Jesus has made an exchange. And if you've been here at Four Oaks, you, you've, you've heard us talk about this before. Luther, and we, we sang his song earlier, called this the great exchange. And Jesus says, here's the deal I'm going to make with you. You are unrighteous, imperfect, and sinful. And so let me tell you what I'm going to do. I want you to give me your unrighteousness. And then in return, I'm going to give you something. It's an exchange. It's the great exchange. I'm going to give you my righteousness. Even though you don't deserve my righteousness, and even though I don't deserve your sin, we're going to make that swap. Because that is how your heart is made clean. It's the most amazing gift offered in the history of the universe. And Peter here reminds us in verse 18 why he has done this. Look at verse 18. So that he might bring us to God. See, that's an amazing promise. John Piper says the highest goal of the gospel is not just simply to have a conscience that's clear or sins that are forgiven, as precious as that promise is and as important as it is. He says that ultimately our consciences are cleaned, our hearts are cleaned, so that we might have unhindered communion with the God of the universe. That, that we might have unbroken fellowship. God is our ultimate goal. God is our ultimate blessing. As amazing as cleansing of sins are, it's only a means to bring us to God. And when we are brought to God, we are reminded, friends, that at one time we were enemies of God. We were hostile to God. We were separated from God. But because of this amazing great exchange, Jesus says, now I bring you to my Father. You are a son. You are a daughter. You are now part of the family. And, and that's what it means to follow Jesus. We're trusting in him for his righteousness. We're accepting his forgiveness of sin so that we might be in relationship with him, in relationship with one another. And I know in a, in a room this big, I know that for, for some of you, this is, you've heard this a million times. For others of you, Maybe you've heard it a million times, but it's really never penetrated your heart. It's never, it's never been something that's real for you. It's always been something that's done by someone up here or by proxy or by extension or by relationship, but it's never been personal for you. After the service, our pastors and elders, we would just love to talk with you, to pray with you, to answer any questions that you have. To Maybe this, has been a, this is a morning where God really renews your heart, revives your heart. You're, you're being reminded of your own baptism. You're re being reminded of your own profession of faith. We would love to come alongside of you, to talk with you, answer any questions, and to pray for you. Do you know this Jesus? He offers himself to every one of us this morning. Let's pray. My name is Lindsay Smith, and I'm 13, and I go to Community Christian School. I was raised in a Christian home, and I just thought about Jesus my whole life. 
but I hadn't like truly accepted him and that he was my Lord and Savior. Recently, I saw a movie with my volleyball team, The Overcomer, and this man, he had done so many sins and it just opened my eyes how he could be forgiven and how that God could forgive us for everything that we've done, even though we've sinned against him so many times, he just can forgive us. Then I realized that I needed to accept Jesus into my heart and I needed forgiveness. So I went home that night and I talked to Jackie and we prayed and I accepted Jesus into my heart. Since then, I've noticed that I'm happier because I have assurance that I'm going to heaven because Jesus is in my heart and that makes me want to follow him every day. Well, good morning to you all. Uh, just like Pastor Paul said, this is a very special Sunday with a lot of baptisms. We have a number here in the first service as well as in the second service. I just want to say welcome to you. And as we go throughout the service, I know Pastor Paul is going to mention this too, but maybe this is something that this is new for you. You've never seen a baptism before. Well, we're glad you're here because this is a wonderful way to experience the truth of the gospel, have a picture of the gospel before you, but also hear the way that the gospel has impacted and changed the lives of many folks. And so we here at Forbes, we don't believe baptism saves people. What this really is, it's a symbol of what God has done. It's an inner symbol of an external reality. And we have Lindsay here. We have her parents here. Uh, we have uh, Brantley and Jackie Smith. And Lindsay, I just want to say we love you. What a wonderful testimony that you gave and just a wonderful picture of what God has done in your life and will continue to do in your life. Um, I just want to say it was my pleasure, it was my honor to, to listen to your story and to really understand more about what God is doing but I was also walking away from your testimony just really understanding that God is holding you, God is leading you, he will continue to guide you and just do a wonderful, wonderful work of the gospel in your life. And so we just want to say that we love you and that we're glad you're here. And so just like we talked about, remember the questions I said I was going to ask you? And I want to ask you those now. And here's the first question. Are you here today professing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And it is, is it your desire, because of your faith in Christ, to follow him in baptism today? Yes. Amen. Well, because of your profession of faith in Jesus Christ and your desire to be baptized, we are here together with you, and we want to do this right now and baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'd like to go ahead and invite Lydia Herman up to the front. Lydia is in 11th grade, and I am really proud of her today because she's going to read her testimony live, which I think is a, a very big deal and a wonderful, a wonderful opportunity. And um, Lydia has, has grown up in the church. You're going to hear a number of those stories with our youth of how they've grown up in the church. And it's a, it's a wonderful reality and testament to the, the many parents in our, in our church body that, that seek to instill the life of Christ, an example of Christ, and I, I'm just really thankful to God for that. But we always come to the point, and I tell this to the youth all the time, that, you know, just because you're hearing about Christ, you're seeing it modeled before you, 
there's still a reality that you have to take ownership of your own faith before Christ. And that's what we're hearing today. And I know that's what we're going to hear from Lydia today. So, Growing up, I was raised in a very loving and Christian environment. I grew up in Sunday school and was given the privilege of attending a Christian school for most of my life. When I was six years old, I knelt by our bathtub and asked God into my heart. I then ran outside to tell my parents because I was so excited. Although this was not the moment, or although this was the moment I was saved, it was not the end of my testimony. I understood so little. I knew I could now participate in communion, and ultimately I knew there was a God. However, I didn't understand what it meant to have a relationship with God, or what it meant to truly understand and live for the Lord. When I was in fifth grade, my parents told me they would be getting divorced. Three days later, we were moving boxes into a small house. I was crushed. I never saw this happening, not to us. My middle school self was really affected by this as I saw my dad cry for the first time and I watched my mom work so hard and continue to struggle and I had to see my parents whom once raised me together date other people. I felt so alone and replaced at times and I grew envious of my friends who lived in an unbroken family and from there my jealousy quickly turned into anger. I was mad at my parents and at God and at myself because no matter how hard I wanted to be and as high school approached, my mental health continued to deteriorate as I entered a new chapter of life. My nights were now filled with endless studying and homework, only to continuously fall short. I was constantly feeling discouraged, and my grades were not sufficient compared to those in my class. I was constantly feeling judged by my peers and authority, and it led to me feeling trapped. The same year, I had my first panic attack at homecoming in my freshman year, and I was really overwhelmed by the amount of people started a reoccurring theme as I more consistently felt overwhelmed with work, sadness, loneliness, social anxiety, the more mental breakdowns and panic attacks I had. I didn't know how to cope with this because I was too ashamed to talk about it with anyone. So I took my emotions out on my body and I pushed away many good people in my life. I caused so much damage to myself and others. I never once turned to God in this time. I was so angry with him that I decided I would figure this one out on my own once I was better. I would turn back to him. But that was the issue. I had completely pushed God out and was trying to fight this battle without him. I was so cruel, yet he never left me. And one night, I realized there was a problem. I couldn't keep pushing him out like this, and I can't keep going on like this. Something in my life needed to change, and the song Broken Vessels came in my head. All these pieces, broken and scattered, and mercy gathered, mended, and whole. Empty-handed but not forsaken, I've been set free, I've been set free. This was a God moment, my revelation where things started connecting out of nowhere. God has mercy on those who feel they have nothing left, but you have to trust him. So I decided I was going to live my life the way he wants me to. I didn't have to carry this load on my own. I asked him to be a part of my life and to rescue me because I wanted to find joy in him. As my relationship with God strengthened, I was able to find joy in him within a few months and... That was something that a couple months ago I didn't think was possible. And I realized things like happiness and joy aren't exactly the same thing. And that saying, everything happens for a reason, is actually really true. Because God didn't allow my parents to split to punish me. He used it to give me opportunities to help people in similar situations. And it was to push me to find him when I was broken, so I would know how powerful he works. God let me be broken in my sin, so I would grow stronger to him. And he's blessed me with a baby brother out of it. He's acted as a symbol of hope in my life. And 
Though I don't have too many friends, God has blessed me with the most amazing, best quality people in my life. And he's given me two very loving parents and many opportunities to lead children to salvation at camp. And most importantly, he took all of my burdens away and replaced it with eternal life. I'm so grateful for my life, and I want to trust God, and I want to live for him only. That being said, I'm ready to publicly proclaim my faith in the Lord. Amen. You might want to take those slippers off. (laughs) Lydia, what a beautiful testimony and story of the faithfulness of God in your life and bringing you here today. And so, like I told you before, we are here as your family, uh, celebrating the work of God in your life and celebrating the work of Christ, how he has redeemed you and brought you. So because of your, your testimony today, is it, is it, are you here professing your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Amen. And because of that, are you desiring to be baptized today? Amen. Well, because of your profession of faith in Christ and your desire to be baptized, it is our joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to ask for Carly Lazowskis to come on up. You ready? (laughs) So it's been a joy to be able to get to know both Ben and Carly, and actually Ben was baptized recently as well. And um, so we want to hear from you and your story and how God has been working in your life. I grew up in the church, memorized scripture, and assumed for a long time that my works were held on to what I knew about Jesus and thought that was my story. Sure, I continued to pursue church, went to classes and sang the songs, but my heart was not transformed. During my senior year of high school, God opened my heart and had me examine my sin. My family was going through a time of brokenness, and in that dark place, my eyes were opened. It was then that I realized my need for God's grace. I realized that I was a mess, and the only one who could help me deal with my sin was God. I was good at hiding my sin and doing what others expected this church-going girl to do. When I realized my need for Christ's redemptive love, my life changed. My walk with Christ truly began and was no longer surface level from that point forward. I began to seek the Lord's will for my life. When my heart changed, it helped me see how amazing God's grace is and just how much he loves me. God's work is not done in my life. In 1 Peter 1.7, it is written, So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. In the last year or so, God has convicted me in the area of baptism. Some might be surprised that I have not been baptized before this moment. I always thought of it as part of the tradition of the church, but God changed my heart about this and I realized that baptism was truly Jesus' commandment to me. I want to do this out of obedience to his command. This is the outward symbol that I believe in the preached message of the gospel of Jesus Christ's life, death, and resurrection. Amen.
Well, it's such a joy to have your family here and an extended family and friends over here as well to witness this amazing display of God's work of grace in your life and how he continues to work in our lives, not just in high school, but uh, many years later and how this is a demonstration of another step in your walk with the Lord. And so based on um, what we heard today, is it your desire to, to demonstrate publicly your faith in Jesus Christ by being baptized? And why do you want to be baptized? Uh, to publicly proclaim that Jesus, um, my faith in Jesus Carly, it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask for Megan Peters to come on up. And uh, what's a cool thing is uh, Megan and Gabe started a new community group a little over a year ago, and uh, Carly and Ben were talking and talking about baptism, and Megan was talking about baptism, and next thing you know, we're both going to be baptized in the same day, and so they're going to have a big party later on, which is great. So um, it's just a wonderful gift of community for us to be able to share these moments like this. And so, Megan, why don't you share with us your story of faith in Jesus? Before committing my heart to the Lord, my life is one where I was always striving to be in control over everything occurring around me and just to be perfect in everything I did. I grew up going to church on Sundays, knowing that Jesus died for my sins, but really believing I was in control of my life. I knew I needed Jesus' Jesus's forgiveness of those sins, but that was pretty much as deep as it went. Towards the beginning of my college years, the comforts I had built in people and the ease of my life seemed to disappear, and I felt a great sense of loneliness and despair. After a series of events, I finally realized I was no longer to hold it all together on my own. Thankfully, from my time in church as a child, I knew I could run to Jesus, and for the first time, I really did. I'm not sure if at the time I knew it would really help or not, but in his great love and providence, the Lord comforted me, held me, and gave me the belonging and love I was so desperately seeking. My childhood knowledge of Jesus was turned into faith, and I had my first experience of really accepting and resting in the Lord. His love did more than just heal the present hurt, but also worked on my past hurting and began to rework my character to be more like his. This was when I truly began to have a personal relationship with Jesus and when my heart became forever his. From that moment to today, the Lord has continued to captivate my heart and grow my understanding and love for him. When I first accepted Christ as my Savior, I felt his love and grace so strongly that I knew I was his forever, but I still lacked spiritual discipline. When my life was easier, my time with him wasn't as always prioritized, and I would find myself slipping back into old habits of self-reliance. But inevitably, things would get hard again, and I would find myself falling back on my knees before him as I realized how deeply I needed him, and that the control I so desperately sought was only found when I let go and laid my life completely before him, a lesson I keep having to learn. But time after time, he has sustained me. Time after time, he's picked me up off my knees and held me close when I felt the world was crashing down around me. Time after time, he has filled the holes in my heart in ways that I could never fill. Over the last several years of praying for and raising kids, losing a baby early on in pregnancy, learning the ins and outs of being married to my best friend, struggling over his brain cancer diagnosis, and then celebrating the Lord's healing of that same disease, the Lord has sustained me through so much. He is my redeemer, the lover of my soul. 
My successes all come from him, and every blessing in my life are all from his love for me. Even in some of my darkest moments, when I wasn't sure how the Lord would rescue me or how I would find joy again, he not only sustained me through these difficult days, but filled my heart with so much joy as I watched his careful care and provision for my life. Although things have not always gone according to my plan, when I have allowed him to pave the way, it's been filled with many more blessings than I could have possibly imagined. My story is one where I can say over and over, Psalm 30, 11 through 12, you have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness, that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O oh Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Amen. We do give great thanks and praise for all the ways that God has ministered to you both. Um, just an amazing way that God has sustained you and cared for you and loved you through the ups and the downs of life. And that's, that's our testimony for all of us, right? God's faithfulness to us in the midst of a broken world that we live in. So we're super delighted to be up here today and Gabe to be Megan, are you trusting in Jesus Christ today as your Lord and Savior? And why do you want to be baptized today? Just to declare that the Lord is king of my heart and I will forever give him praise. Well, based on your profession of faith, it's our privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. seventh grade and I go to CLA. So as I grew up, I lived in a Christian home and um, I learned at the age of nine at a VBS camp that um, I, that even though I believe in God, I am still a sinner and I still need to lean on God to do things. I started to go to CLA at sixth grade and um, my teachers and friends encouraged me to learn about scripture and it just brought me to God and to learn about him and I started gymnastics at 10 and I've been doing it for three years and it's helped me to see that God can help me to do great things and he eases my fear and um, I've also learned that I'm a perfectionist and he helps me to like know that he loves me even though I'm a sinner and even though I'm not perfect. Well, good morning to you all. This as Pastor Paul was speaking earlier. We do have a number of baptisms today. We had uh, several in first service, and here we are today with, with many more. And we're thankful to God for this. We're thankful to God for his faithfulness in the lives of so many. And one thing that we'll hear a little bit later on is that when, what you see here, it, it's just, it is a wonderful picture of the gospel. You may be new here today, and you're thinking, wow, what, this is somewhat peculiar what you're doing. You're sending people underwater and back up again. But what I pray this is for you is that as you hear these testimonies and, and just the work of God and the many lives of, of, of what you are witnessing, the one thing is sure is that Jesus Christ is he's reigning, and he is Lord and Savior. And that's what Zoe is here today to profess, and she is with her family here today, and uh, we are just grateful, grateful that you can join us. 
And so, Zoe, just like I said when we were preparing your video, look, you are among family right now. And I want you to know that you are loved and that we are here with you celebrating what God has done in your life. But more importantly, we are thankful together what God has done in your life. And we're grateful to him. So, Zoe, I have a couple questions for you. Are you here today professing that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Amen. And because of that profession of faith, is it your desire to be baptized today? Yes, amen. Well, because of your profession of faith in Christ and your desire to be baptized, it is our joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. seventh grade and I go to Community Leadership Academy. So in second grade, um, I found out like I had severe anxiety and I struggled with it and I was mad because I didn't know why he chose me to have that. And I asked my mom, I was like, why, why did he make me have it? Why? Why not anybody else? And she told me to help other people um, with it. And I was I struggled with it at public school for a while. And then my parents put me into private school at CLA. So when I like went to CLA in sixth grade, my teachers and my friends always encouraged me to think about him and we always talked about him in Bible class and all the miracles that he has done and that really encouraged me to think and that's when I really knew yeah Jesus is my savior so yeah so my teachers really encouraged me to read Bible verses to help me with it and I mean they have helped me with um like having positive thoughts and to really deal with that in everyday life. And that really um, made me think about like my daily need for Jesus. And now he helps me and I pray every day for him to help me use that in a good way to help people with people who are maybe struggling to make them happy in some way and yeah well, first question I have is how did you dry off so quickly right <laughs> oh no I'm sorry that was Zoe yes as you can see this is uh, Zoe's sister Maddie they are twins sorry for the twin joke I couldn't resist but Maddie um, I just want to encourage you and say thank you for being real and vulnerable on your testimony. And just like you said, and I, I think we talked about this uh, when we were recording, is that there is someone here, I have no doubt, who your, your testimony is blessing today because they are, they are realizing that they are not alone. More importantly, they realize they're not alone because of Christ, but there are people that care and there are people that desire to see the work of Christ in their life help and bless them. So I want to say thank you for that. And so there are two questions I have for you. Uh, are you here today 
professing that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Amen. And because of your profession of faith in Christ, it is your desire to be baptized today. Amen. Well, because of your profession of faith in Christ and your desire to be baptized, it is our joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Birch and I am in sixth grade at Mumford Middle School. Ever since I was little, I felt like God was always watching over me, waiting to re- reveal himself to me. And when I was young, I felt as though when I was faced with difficult situations, like kids being rude with me, at, rude to me at school, God gave me, I was faithful in God and he helped guide me through the difficult times. Um, God gave me faithfulness and gave me the courage to um, make the right choices. God also gave me a firm, tr- firm trust in Him, and that's why I wanted to accept Him into my heart. When I accepted Christ into my heart, things felt easier to go through, and the burden of the situations was taken away, and it felt like God was helping me go through it. When I was faced with difficult choices, I didn't always make the right choice. When I made the wrong choice, God was merciful and he helped guide me to the right choice. Since accepting Christ, I felt as though Satan is attacking me and wanting me to sin against God. I resist this attack and pray to God to resist Satan. By trusting in God, I am able to tell those around me about Jesus. One of my favorite verses is, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings. It's Proverbs 3, 5. Amen. Well done, man. Hand a fist bump. Thank you. I uh, just want to say welcome to uh, Wes and Audra and Elise. Uh, Charlie, your family is here with you. And one of the reasons we love having the parents up here is, is really to help give a picture to the church of just the, the importance we place in, in really calling our families, calling our parents to, to teach their children Jesus Christ, to, to teach them and disciple them into understanding uh, the need for Christ in their life. And, and you hear a lot of this in, in the testimonies of our youth. They, you hear uh, things like, I've always grown up in the church. I've always heard about Christ. And, and I'm very grateful to that. I'm grateful to what you've done in the life of your family and thankful to God for that. But Charlie, you know, the reality is this is about you and your relationship with Christ. And so there always comes that point where our youth are, are really called to a place of taking ownership of their faith. Because this is between you and God and you're standing before him. And so I just want to say thank you for that testimony and really giving us a glimpse of not only what God has done in your life to bring you to him, but that today you are professing that faith before your family here and before God. So well done, buddy. And so with that said, I have two questions for you, Charlie. Are you today professing that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Amen. And because of that profession of faith, is it your desire to be baptized today? Amen. Well, Charlie, because of your profession of faith in Christ and your desire to be baptized, it is our joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. school and my parents are Rob and Shannon Pfeiffer. 
I was raised in a Christian home and I went to church every Sunday. Um, I don't really remember not knowing Christ, but I do remember when I wanted to make the commitment. I was seven and I went to a VBS at a different church and um, they were talking about how you needed Jesus in your life. So that night I went home and talked about it with my parents and I wanted to make the commitment and so I prayed and asked Jesus into my heart. As I've gotten older and grown in my faith, I've learned that I'm not perfect, I sin, and I really need Jesus in my life to save me from sin. I'm so thankful he forgives me and he saves me from sin. I've also learned to trust his word and to use it to help me, especially when I get scared. I would sometimes be scared and anxious about things, but I knew I had God to help me and to pray to. I would always repeat this specific verse in my head when I got scared. It was Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I want to be baptized today to show people my faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, give me strength. <laughs> uh, Maggie, as your, as your father, uh, this is a true joy for me to be able to baptize you today, uh, your mother standing here, and um, we are just thankful for what God has, has done in your life and what he will continue to do. Um, as, as your pastor, as one of your pastors here at Four Oaks, um, we, we celebrate with you and give thanks to God for his faithfulness to you. And, and, and we, we just speak on behalf of your church family here that, that we are coming alongside you to see you grow in Christ and to help you. And uh, we are so thankful that we get to share that with you. So Maggie, I do have a question for you. Um, are you today professing that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Amen. And because of your profession of faith, is it your desire to be baptized today? Well, Maggie, because of your profession of faith in Christ and your desire to be baptized, it is our joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to ask my friend Lisa Sellers to join me up here. And as, as Lisa comes to be baptized, some of you know Steve and Lisa and their story. It's, it's a hard story. It's a, it's a powerful story. It's an amazing story. So just a little bit of background. Um, Three years ago, within a few months of each other, the sellers lost two of their sons, tragically. One of their son's funeral was, in fact, in this very room three years ago. In these past three years, I know Steve and Lisa have been a great struggle. Um, the hardest season, the hardest thing any parent, any person could be asked to go through practically and we know there's been tremendous loss. But we know that God is in the process of meeting you here on the other side. He's been faithful and gracious and patient and has led Steve and Lisa back to this family of believers 
what a big month for you guys. Last week you became members, okay? And now this week, Lisa, you're being baptized. And Lisa, we would love to hear how God has been working in your life. I have to have a drink because <laughs> I want to stay focused. I don't want to ramble. But um, after everything happened, I fell into what I would call the valley of the shadow of death. And I just wanted to lay down and I just wanted to die there. Um, it was not a reality that I wanted to live with and I didn't know how we were gonna survive it. And then having to learn to live with what's unbearable. But I spent a lot of time reading Lamentations and I will say, praise God, his word covers every emotion anyone can ever have in this life. And in the middle of all of that anguish and despair that's expressed so vividly in Lamentations is this verse. This I recall to my mind, and therefore I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And God showed me that we were not forsaken by him, even though that's how I felt. And God was renewing our family slowly in a very gentle, quiet way. And he surrounded us with people who brought comfort and who reminded us that God was at work. And it's been really long, three years, but during that time, he was healing our family and he was showing us his faithfulness and his compassion. Anyway, we've seen God's goodness and mercy at work in a tremendous way in the past three years. Um, today is our 35th wedding anniversary, <laughs> and as weird as this sounds, it's the best way I could imagine to celebrate today, that God has redeemed and renewed and restored our marriage from all the pain and the loss of grief. Um, I'm not the same person because of God's grace. I'm not a bitter, angry person. That's a miracle. He has lifted a spirit of oppression from me. Um, that doesn't mean that the sorrow is gone. We carry that every day, clearly. But the Lord has given me the ability to have the desire to finish the race well. With whatever time I have left in this life, and he's given me a heart, then when I wake up in the morning, I want to serve him with a complete confidence that his infinite goodness and mercy are at work in this broken world. And that is a testimony to his divine grace and a powerful work of his Holy Spirit. Because that's not something I could fake, and I could not in any way bring it about in and of myself. So I was baptized as an infant, raised in the church. I professed Christ as my Savior at the age of 23. Now at the age of 58, I wanted to be baptized today as an adult believer to identify with Christ through the sacrament of baptism. And it's with great joy that I stand here today to praise the name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ even though I'm crying. <laughs> Lisa, going to ask you to yes. join us up here. You've been soaking this in bags of ice all night. No, not kidding. Okay, just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to ask you two questions. Are you professing the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes. And why do you want to be baptized today? I want to be baptized to show my complete confidence and devotion that Christ is my Savior. Amen. Seat right here.
And he said, it's our great privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We love you. I'm going to ask for Meredith Montgomery to come on up. the privilege of getting to meet Meredith about six months ago and um, gotten a chance to meet with her on several occasions now. And uh, you're about to hear an amazing story of God's grace in, your, in her life. While growing up, I regularly attended a Methodist church, was christened as a baby, and was confirmed at 10 years old. However, I saw Jesus as a benevolent yet distant figure. He was the person I called on, but only as a last resort. On a daily basis, my self-identity and worth were based on demographics. My neighborhood location, education, occupation, financial standing, and even relationships. My rebellious spirit convinced me that overall, I'm a good person. I wasn't perfect, but then who is? I believe that Jesus died and rose again, but it was really just facts and didn't impact me personally. How could it if I was a good person and didn't really need his help anyway? Jesus was just a backup plan. He wasn't my Lord and Savior. God patiently, and I mean patiently, waited for my rebellious spirit to turn to him as the institutions I relied on crumbled one by one. Marriage promised security and love. I had been divorced twice. My graduate degree in the humanities promised understanding of all religions, yet left me believing everything and nothing. I could clearly see that my life was built on sand and that I had no anchor in the storm. Knowing how stubborn I am, God allowed me to follow my chosen road and brought me to its conclusion, the end of myself. But guess who was patiently waiting for me at the dead end? Exhausted from years of attempting to fix my own life, I called out to God, literally at a stoplight on Capitol Circle, and asked him to take it, take it all, because the earthly truths I based my life upon really meant nothing. I humbly acknowledge the simple and undeniable truth. I could not save myself and needed Jesus to save me. It was as if a line had been drawn in the sand. This is me a few moments ago. This is me now that I have acknowledged this life-changing truth. Physically, it wasn't dramatic. I didn't have a supernatural or near-death experience. It was a quiet aha moment in the car at a stoplight. It really isn't that long. I just had to use a big font so I could see it. But it changed everything, and I wanted to turn all aspects of my life over to Jesus. Not just until my situation proved, not just until I started dating again, not just until my bank account was healthy, but to turn all areas of my life over to Jesus and follow his guidance on my relationships, kids, finances, occupations for the rest of my life. As a stubbornly independent person, the decision to give my life to Jesus was a life-changing moment. Knowing the first step was to be involved in a church, I thought about returning to churches I have attended in the past, but then Four Oaks popped into my head. I have driven past this building for years, but last April, I actually came in the building, and I'm so glad God brought me here. I now understand the important role the church plays not only in my life, but in the life of my two boys, Kyle, who's 17, up in the balcony, and Brennan, who's seven, sitting there with my parents. I've also committed to change patterns in my life that led me down ungodly paths and to rely on his guidance for future decisions. Instead of feeling as if nothing good will ever happen to me, I feel renewed and hopeful about the future. Resting in God now evokes a sense of peace instead of impatience because his timing really is perfect. 
In the past, I've thought the Christian life was restrictive and confining, but it is actually empowering and freeing. I look forward to becoming more involved and to making Four Oaks my family's church home. just want to encourage you uh, parents who maybe have a wandering child uh, that your foundation of love and care God uses and uh, Meredith is certainly a, a great example of that and I'm so glad that you stepped into the doors of Four Oaks about what six months ago or so and how God has um, just uh, amazingly changed every aspect of your life and so excited to see how God has in store many wonderful displays of his grace going forward. And so, uh, Meredith, just want to ask you two questions. The first thing is this, are you trusting in Jesus Christ today as your Lord and Savior? Yep. And why do you want to be baptized today? Line in the sand. Well, based upon your profession and faith, it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask for my good buddy, Chuck Walter, to come up here. If you have not had the privilege of meeting Chuck, uh, he is uh, just filled with joy. And uh, he actually hurt, he helps out at the Connect Desk um, several times a week. You look really good, by the way. <laughs> and uh, it's been such a joy to see how God has worked in your life, in particular since he brought you here to Four Oaks. Um, on very painful circumstances and how God has used that pain to, to bring you closer to him. And now you get to be baptized. And so we'd love to hear your story this morning. Okay. I'm Chuck Walter, and I want to share my story of faith. I grew up in a, going to church every Sunday until I was in, out of high school. I knew about Jesus, and I heard he died for my sins. But I didn't know I had a relationship with him, which I know now. When I graduated from high school and went to college, I left home and stopped going to church, except for Christmas and Easter and some other t special days. I moved to Tallahassee with my wife in 1977, but I never set foot at a church during all our years here except for when my mom moved into town for about six months. Then I went to celebration with her. After my wife Katie died at 55 years between us, she passed in 2012 and my excuse me. I wasn't going to do this. My son Mike suggested I find a church. He's here with his wife and two children. So I came to Four Oaks and immediately felt it <coughs> at home. I love the singing, the preaching, and gathering, hearing about Jesus and his love for me. I started reading my Bible and praying and joined the community group. God used the loss of my wife to bring, <coughs> to bring me closer to him. 
I'm not sure if I was a Christian before, but I know I am now. Say my faith in Jesus and my, as my Lord and Savior, I want to be baptized today. said the water's pretty cold. All right. Chuck, are you trusting in Jesus Christ today as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Why do you want to be baptized today? To show that. Amen. <laughs> Chuck, it's our privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Ralph Proctor. You ready, buddy? This is really fun. Two men who are 86 years old are being baptized today, and I think they both kind of mutually encourage one another. Are you going to do it? I'll do it. You sure you're going to do it? Okay, then I'll do it. Come on over here, buddy. It's, it's definitely not a hot tub. It's, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's been a joy to get to know uh, Proc, as he's also called, and to hear how God has been working in his life. And so why don't you share with us a little bit of your story? And, and Julie's here, as well as the rest of the family are all up there together. I grew up in Tallahassee when it was a small town. Along with my younger brother, Sandy, my parents took us to church regularly, just as they had done, so I took my children to church, too, for a while. I was told church was something good people did, and good people went to heaven. I believed in God, but I didn't give him very much thought outside of those Sunday meetings. My life was full with family, work, Boy Scouts, and grocery stores. When our four children left home, my marriage experienced some growing pain. When our four children Someone invited my wife to 
back to the church, I became curious when I saw her carrying a Bible and asked if I might go to church too. Why, what I heard at this church was a different message than before. Instead of trying to be good enough to get into heaven, I needed to believe in Jesus who came and died for my sins and was resurrected so I could have eternal life. Instead of just going to church, Jesus wanted me to have a personal relationship with me because he loves me. This changed everything for me, and I became a Christian. Sadly, my marriage ended in divorce, but my interest in learning more about God and his work did not. At church, we married and remained faithful to our local church. I met Julie. Excuse me. <laughs> Duke. Maybe we ought to start over. <laughs> we married and remained faithful to our local church for about 20 years. Wasn't this church? When my stepson Will married the lovely Jamie and chose Four Oaks as their church, we began alternating our worship between the two churches. Then when I moved to Allegro across the street, we began attending Four Oaks exclusively. We have felt right at home since being here. We love this church, but after sitting here for this last several years, soaking up everything, we still felt like we were on the outside looking in. We realized how badly we wanted to be part of this church family, so we finally and happily became members last week. <laughs> then it occurred to me that I had never been baptized, so I am doing it today because I know from God's word that it pleases him. I have longed to be able to express to my children, my brother, and my friends how much Jesus Christ means to me. I can only show you as identify with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Baptism is a symbolic of what happened to me spiritually some 30 years ago when I heard the gospel that Jesus died for my sins and rose again. You ready? <laughs> and this is just a testimony. Uh, we've, we've seen children be baptized. Uh, we've seen adults. And then we've seen, shall we say, some older adults be baptized. And it's just a demonstration to us of the fact that God is never finished with us. Amen? Looking good.
you're never going to do this again, are you? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ralph. Are you trusting in Jesus Christ today as your Lord and Savior? Yes. And why do we be baptized today? Why do you want to be baptized today? Why? What am I supposed to say? As a sign that you are trusting in Him. As a sign that I'm trusting in Him. All right. That's it, buddy. All right, here we go. As demonstration of your faith in Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit.